This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. This is Encounter with God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with the Double L team, Lyle and Liam. Here we go. Clue number four for our quiz this morning. Wrong side of the paper. Hang on, this is the wrong piece of paper. Nah. Here we go. <laughs> There's, yeah, okay, here we go. Clue number four. This minor prophetic book records the Lord telling Israel to prepare to meet your God. What? book is that that is correct Lyle so if you think you know the answer to that question give us a call at 1-800-324-843 that's 1-800-FAITH-FM or send us a text at 0491-064-669 okay so lots of different people coming from lots of different perspectives when it uh, comes to the writing of the Bible and this guy what was he a shepherd I think it said did it say was he a shepherd uh, the first clue the second... No, no, no. First clue. First clue. First clue. My last verse reads... I will, nah, second clue. Second clue. This book contains the words of a shepherd. That's right. That's right. There you go. Words of a shepherd. Tekoa. Which is kind of what our encounter with God is all about today. Who wrote the Bible and whereabouts did they write it from? What kind of a background were they coming from? We're going to be talking about that in our encounter with God today. And there are some fascinating different aspects to um, all that we're going to read and share. But before we get to that, a quick reminder that this Saturday morning, if you'd like to be part of Small Group Bible Study, where we go back over our 20 Million Movement Bible Study and cover it in more detail, with our resident uh, theologian, philosopher, whatever you want to call him, Matt Parra. Uh, So Matt will be in the studio. I was going to be joining him this last time, but... Had to speak for a youth event, so I didn't make it. Indeed. Said we had Lawson in, who did a stellar job. Absolutely. Um, did an amazing job right there. And so we, uh, in with this, um, yeah, so this week it'll be me. And that's the plan anyway, God willing, um, with, uh, with Matt Parra. So that's coming up. So do tune in, and if you have friends that are unable to get a good signal, then make sure that you get them to download the app. That is Faith FM Australia app. It starts at 9.30, 9.30 to 10.30 uh, on the Saturday morning. So 9.30, 10.30 on Saturday morning right here. Um, grab the app or listen at faithfm.com.au. And it's going to be Talkback, Talkback Bible Study. You can be a part of the Bible study right there. Join in. Have your say about what the Bible has to say. And we'll have a great time discussing it together. Okay, so coming back to our Bible study... Uh, we've got a question here. Who wrote the Bible and where were they coming from? Okay, so let's let's do a little bit of thinking here for a moment, Liam. Yep. What are some of the different authors of the Bible and what kind of a variety do we have? Was the Bible all written by theologians? N- no. No. And this is a really important point that I think we need to make because... Uh, I'm going to give all the theologians a hard time this morning. Theologians, I you know, they sometimes give you that impression. Some theologians sometimes give you that impression that you know they're the only ones who, if they were, if there was going to be another book of the Bible written, only a theologian could write it today. Yeah. 
But we just noted from our quiz clue here, and in fact, let's go to... No, we won't go there. Um, that might be giving it away. But we noted from our quiz clue here <laughs> that this particular individual was a shepherd. Yeah. That's a long way from being a theologian. Indeed. Okay, so what are some of the other professions that you find uh, people were who authored the Bible? I believe there was lawyers. Okay, so that was uh, Paul. Paul was a lawyer. Yep. And I think that your theologians might, you know, they, they, they like to class themselves up there with... I'm giving, I'm, I'm giving people a hard time this morning, aren't I? If you're a theologian, I'm not meaning to give you a hard time. I'm just pointing out that God uses people of... Many talents. Many talents and many different stations in life. Indeed. And the reality is, I know that the majority of you, our listeners, are not theologians. No. And the point that I'm trying to make is that God can use you just as much as he can use somebody else. Indeed. That's 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 really what I'm trying to communicate right here. But, you know, theologians and lawyers kind of sort of, they like to uh, put themselves sort of, you know, on a similar kind of an academic level. So, that, yeah. you know, you're, they're, they're academics in the way that they think and talk and communicate. Okay, so we've got one lawyer. All right. Fisherman, that's another one. Okay, so we've got a fisherman. That's a very that's kind of the opposite from an academic. I know a number of fishermen and they're complete opposite of academics. They know a lot about fish though. Oh, that the, the th- You'd think what? that that the academics in fish was off the off the charts. Absolutely. They have a PhD in fishing. Absolutely. It's uh, yeah. I've got a friend in Tasmania who's a professional fisherman. Um, and of course, Tasmania is the promised land for those who don't know, but that's where I come from. And you know, this guy can just smell fish. He can just go out and it's like nobody else is catching anything. And in no time at all, he's just like moved the boat a few little bit and, and, and then there's fish on the line, left, right, and center. It is just absolutely uncanny how this guy can find fish. But you know, he's a professional fisherman, he's done it his entire life. And of course, you know, he just knows that whole business, that whole industry intimately and is very, very good at it. Um, and I think that fishermen are a very, very good choice for writers of the Bible. What other kinds of people have we got writing the Bible? We had Esther, who was a, a, a queen or a princess. Okay. Well, Esther didn't actually oh, she write. Didn't write. It was about. It was about her. Yes. Um. Uh. There's also we mentioned shepherds before. Yes. Uh. What was Moses' profession? Okay. Moses was an interesting one. Yeah. Because he was trained. His training. Up until the age of 40, and that's a decent amount of training, was to be Pharaoh. Yep. So that's uh, basically a dictator. Yeah. He was trained to be a dictator of you know the world's largest empire at that particular time. Then, the next 40 years, he was a shepherd. Yeah. So he was kind of at two opposite perspectives. So political and being a shepherd. Yeah. Do, yeah. we, do you know? I, I don't know this, so I'm wondering if you know. Do you know at which point in his life he wrote the different books? Well, some of them are, are very clearly written, you know, during the events that are taking place. Yeah. But, you know, most of them would have been written towards the end of his life. And, of course, there were a few small portions that would have been finished off by Joshua um, after Moses has died because it records Moses' death and you can't really write no. about your own death. No. Um, so Joshua would have finished those off. But that, that brings us to another interesting character. Indeed. Is Joshua. He was a spy. Yes. You know, that's, I wasn't going to class him as a spy. I'm glad you did. Yeah. I was going to class him as a general. Oh. But he was, he was actually involved in espionage. Quite an quite a extravagant 
young strapping man. Yeah. Okay, so we've got a guy who was both a spy and then later operated as a general, and after that, a judge. Indeed. So I, I, Can I'm you give us another general? Can you give us another general? Another general? Give me, give me a few generals. There's a few um, generals that wrote uh, books of the Bible. Uh, not of the top Military of leaders. Military. Uh, was, well, King Solomon, he was a king of- He was a king, yeah. He was, he, was, he was not a general. He was a businessman. He didn't have anything to do with the armies? Very little. Oh, okay. Basically nothing. Well, we keep on going down. We've got- uh, I don't yeah, yeah. Uh, What about? What, what about- um, Let me think here. Let me think. What about Deborah? Deborah? What book did she write? She didn't write a book. Oh. She wrote a couple of chapters. Right. Of which In book? the book of Judges. Oh, I see. Now, she was a judge and also a general. Interesting character, see, Deborah. She th- fascinates me. I didn't think of that. Because when I look at, at judges, I think of just one author. But there's a bunch of authors. And this is something you're going to find. So, if you go to the book of Daniel, you've got two authors in the book of Daniel. You've got Daniel and you've got Nebuchadnezzar who writes chapter four. Really? Yes. So chapter four of the book of Daniel is written by Nebuchadnezzar. Huh. Um, and you, this is not uncommon in the Bible is to find you know, a chapter here and a chapter there that is written by somebody else and is included in. Yeah. Uh, you know, the plagiarism rules, all that kind of thing, were a little bit different back in the day. And so, you know, if they found something that was valuable, it's like, well, let's just include that into what we have uh, right here and, um, and, and, and we will run with it. Um, so, yeah, I'm just trying to think some of the other ones you've got. Um, As in generals or professions? Professions. Well, Mark, I believe, was a writer. Okay, what about Luke? Luke, he he was something political, I think. No, not no. political. Not political. Um, oh, no, he, he was from... He was trying to convince people. He was a doctor. Yeah. He was a medical doctor. Yeah. So, Luke was a medical doctor. Matthew, on the other hand... Was a tax, tax collector, collector, a tax agent, or uh, a tax accountant, however you want to describe him. So, once again, a very different profession to be a Bible writer. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So, we've got some really interesting job descriptions that some of these guys have. Um, what about the Psalms? Who was the author of Psalms? Dan- uh, uh, there was. Yeah, David was the predominant author. Who else? Uh, I believe Solomon wrote yes. a couple. Yes, and I can't quite remember who wrote it, who the other author was. The other author was Asaph. Asaph. Okay, so you got David, Asaph, and Solomon who write the uh, Psalms. What was David? He initially was a shepherd boy. Okay, so he, he has an interesting life as well. He he starts out as a shepherd, and then he becomes he goes into the army essentially. Um, oh, it was, he, yeah, he does. Yeah. But then, if you trace it down through his life, he breaks free and becomes a warlord. Yeah. And sort of as a the black market, I suppose. An outlaw. So, yeah. so he is. Let's, let's, let's work our way through David because he's an interesting one. So he starts off as a shepherd. Yeah. Spends some time in the army. Yeah. Becomes a outlaw warlord. Yeah. Sort of like in the, the opposite sense. So there's a, a, an evil king. And yeah, a, yeah, he's and a, a good you know, warlord. That's right, an evil king and a good warlord, um, and that's not unusual. There's always, you know, two sides to every uh, every equation. So then you've got, um, and then after that, of course, he becomes general. Yep, and king. 
So political leader. So he has a whole. He has a very very broad. And then I think under King, there's sort of an, a, a bunch of other titles that you could give him that are yeah. a little bit not kosher, but. Um. But yeah. Very very broad job description. Indeed. Very very multi talented individual. Many different um, hats. Of course, Solomon is, you know, his son is the consummate businessman, the CEO. He creates wealth um, and he is really cashing in on the peace that his father has brought to the Israelite empire at this particular time. Um, Asaf. Let's talk about Asaf. Do you know what Asaf's job was? I have no idea. Asaf was, this is interesting. Sorry, you were going to say something? No, I was just going to say that I didn't even know he was part of it. Okay. (laughs) He um, He was a professional musician. Really? Yes. He was a paid professional musician. Maybe I need to learn more about this fella. Okay, so this this is something very unique in the ancient world is you had um, government-appointed paid professional musicians. What so a job. A professional musician today is a little bit different because, you know, if you want to be a professional musician, then it's basically, okay, you know, get a group together, get a band together, do a solo, whatever it might be, produce a few albums, get your... Uh, get someone to notice you. Get your fame happening, get you some, get noticed, um, get some, uh, get, get an album, you know, um, recording contract, uh, all that kind of thing. Eventually, you're doing shows around, around yeah, the Yeah, you know, do shows around concerts, the place, do concerts, all that kind of thing. Doing then, 15 different goodbye tours. Um, yep. You know, and then and then just when you think you're finished, you, you do one more. That's right. And so the a professional musician today is really you know a businessman. Yeah. Um, that's they're running their own business. Yeah. Whereas in ancient Israel, the government actually appointed professional musicians and paid their wages. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Staff was one of those. There is still sort of that in the in the in the music industry today. The lesser, it's more the so the, the Australian government. Yeah, employs who? Oh no, not necessarily the the government side of things. But in the in the music industry, there's the lesser known artist that write a bunch of songs for other people. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, you know, when I think about it, maybe the government does. Maybe the government does employ musicians to teach. You know, in the, in the teaching profession. Yeah. Yeah, because you've got public schools and that kind of thing. Indeed. Um, somebody who knows more about that, give us a call, 1-800-324-843. Or they certainly employ musicians to do the little jingles and all their ads. Not that they've got very many. What's interesting with Asaf is that Asaf was employed by the government for the purpose of praising God. Really? You won't find that in the Australian government. No, well, no. And, and I might even have a question mark if you did because, you know, we do need to maintain... A level of separation of church and state. Yeah. Uh, but yes, he was employed by the government to praise God. That was his job. And of course, he wasn't the only one. There was a whole. He was he was the leader of the choir of Israel, um, and so there would have been a number of other people who would have been singers along with him. What a guy! What a job! I'd love to be able to do music all the time. Uh, government government job right there. Government job. Music, be funded by the government to do music your whole life. Indeed. Okay, some of the other jobs. Let's think about some of the other jobs. What other, what other jobs are there? How do you think it is? How, do you, how, how much do you think a person's job or position, um, title, the, 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 what they actually do for a living, how is that going to affect what they write? I think it... It, it does quite significantly. Because as for Asaf, being a musically minded person, when he writes, 
He writes his music. As we see in Psalms, there's been countless Psalms that have been turned into songs because the way that he wrote them, it's, it's in a sense, it is a song. Well, they were. Yeah. They haven't been turned into songs. They started out as songs and yeah. just kind of lost then, that song ability and then when it got translated into, into English into and new we, songs. Lost, we lost how to, how to do those songs and then we adapt them into our songs. Yeah, absolutely. And then if we look at the, the Gospels, you've got different professions and each one of the, the guys in the Gospels, they were all writing to a different audience and writing from their own experiences. So I think not only your profession but who you're writing to or who you're writing for that also greatly impacts because you use more specific words for some areas but less specific words for some areas for other areas um one thing that 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 i studied in drama of all things um was that the the story of jesus when he died some people reference the um the, the the two the two sinners the two the two thieves on the cross one of them some some books only mention one some don't mention mention any at all um i think and then there's one of them that mentions that one of them repented and another book that says that they both abused him and it's all uh, not only is this a matter of perspective because obviously they weren't all standing in the same place but other other areas in their books they speak to different audiences so they're not going to mention things exactly the same because it's not relevant, you know. That they might, for one story, it might you might need to really hammer home on one thing, because you need to tell this person a particular thing. But the message, but that same message may not align with what you're telling, with what a different author is telling to a different reader. Sure. Let's think about uh, okay, Jeremiah. Yes. What was Jeremiah's job? Any thoughts on that one? If you read through the beginning of Jeremiah, you're going to find that uh, the Bible says here that he was a priest. Indeed. So you've got somebody who's a priest. You've got a lot of different uh, a lot of different characters and job titles that you find. Samuel was studying to be a priest. Indeed. Yeah, he was. Samuel was a priest. Yeah. Uh, and a prophet. You've got a, a number of Bible authors where we only know their profession as being a prophet. Yes. Uh, is that not a theologian? No. No. No, you would not call a prophet a theologian. Okay. Well, you know, every person who is an author of the Bible obviously has the gift of prophecy. You don't get to be an author of the Bible without having the gift of prophecy. Yes. And, of course, so all of them are prophets. Uh, the Bible says that, you know, holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Bible describes, you know, the uh, describes itself as the more sure word of prophecy. Yeah, and which is more sure in that passage than even an eyewitness testimony. So when we put this into context, we find that all Bible authors were people who had received the gift of prophecy and were prophets, but they had other professions, you know, besides those professions that you know. I mean, let's face it, Jesus. Let's Jesus was a carpenter. I forgot about that. Oh, that was one of the. He wasn't an author, though. No, he's not an author of the Bible. He's the main character of the yeah. Bible. Um, his, we, we often consider him in the same category as an author because so much of what he said has been recorded. Yeah. You get your red-letter Bible, which has all the words of Jesus in red. Uh, there's going to be a lot of red in there. You know, Look at the New Testament. It's going to be, particularly the Gospels, it's going to be full of red. And uh, so much of, you know, of what he said has been recorded right there. Uh, we have Noah. What was Noah's profession? 
Was he? He sort of became a carpenter of the well, sorts, or a he builder, was a ship, shipbuilder, a shipbuilder. He becomes a. I, I have no idea what his profession was, but beforehand, but it he becomes a shipbuilder. He becomes a shipbuilder. So this is this is where we sort of move from, you know, authors of the Bible to some of the major characters of the Bible. Now, one of the other things that is interesting about you know how the Bible was written is when it was written. Yeah, because when you talk about Noah, who was a shipbuilder. And you consider that um, this was written, you know, 1,500 years later by Moses. How does that actually happen? How do you get somebody who is that far removed from the events that uh, they're able to write about something in the past and to write about it historically? We all understand the challenge that there is of, you know, being able to, you know, write something from a long time ago. Anyway, this is uh, Matt Menikins with Clint McCoy with the song Give Me the Bible. Give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming To cheer the wonder, lone and tempest-tossed No storm can hide that peaceful radiance beaming since Jesus came to seek and save the lost Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day Give me the Bible when my heart is broken When sin and grief have filled my soul with fear Give me the precious words by Jesus spoken Hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior dear Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day Till night shall vanish 
wish an eternal day, an eternal day, an eternal day. <laughs> You're listening to Matt Menicus with Clint McCoy with Give Me the Bible. And of course, that's what we're talking about today. In fact, that's going to be our Bible study subject for our 20 million movement Bible study. 20, 20 million people around the world studying the same passage of the Bible each week. Indeed. Okay, what do you got for us? Next clue. Oh, very quickly, I was speaking to my nan last night, uh, Vanita Shuttleworth, and she said to say happy birthday to um, Pastor Horry Watts. Ah, veteran pastor right Indeed. there. Indeed. Um, oh, and Auntie Michelle as well, Michelle Shuttleworth. Anyway, moving on to the next clue for our quiz this morning. This minor prophetic book records the Lord telling Israel. Was oh, is this the one I did before? To prepare to meet your God. Yeah, did the one. Okay, do another one. Next one. I follow after Joel in the Old Testament and begin with the letter A. Okay, so now it's starting to get a little bit easier. You're going to dig. You have to dig your Bible out. You might not be able to get that if you are on the road right now. But if you can dig a Bible out or you can get your passenger to do so, you should be able to find the answer to that one. And give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. What's the prize for this morning? Is it that big tin of Milo that it's you're not, No, that's mine. Okay. That's that's right. not going anywhere. The right. prize so that's, that's that's there specifically so that we can test our sense of smell, right? Indeed. Just yeah. to make sure that our senses There's no other reason are for it being there. Heightened. You're not gonna drink this because it'd be unhealthy for you. Oh no. no. Oh no. Wouldn't even dream of such a thing. No, 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 no. Wouldn't, wouldn't, yeah, no. Anyway, right. the prize we're playing for this morning. If you are the first person to call in, you will receive a copy of To Know God by Morris Venden, a five-day plan to get to know God. Okay, there you go. Give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843. If you know the answer to the clue for the quiz, quick reminder, this Saturday morning between 9.30 and 10.30, small group Bible study right here on The Breakfast Show this is something new. It is going to be live. It's going to be talk back. We're encouraging you all to uh, call in and be part of the discussion group. So this is particularly for people who are unable to uh, attend church at this particular time and be part of the small group Bible study at your church. You can do it right here on The Breakfast Show. And, of course, not just specifically for people who go to church. It's for anyone. Absolutely. You don't have to be a churchgoer. Just give us a call. Indeed. Be part of the discussion. Have a chat. Yeah. Get involved. That's right. Now, Nita called in during the uh, or texted, texted in, during in. The, texted in during the break. She also texted out. in with the correct answer to the quiz, but she's mum, so she can't get it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, um, so she's called. She's she's texted through to point out the difference between, say, the Apostle Paul and some of the other authors of the New Testament. So Paul, who is lawyer trained, yeah, and let's say take uh, Peter, James. Jude and John, which are you know some of your other New Testament epistle writers. Yeah. So these are your epistle writers. So we've, we talked about the Gospels earlier and the different professions of the people who wrote the Gospels. But your epistle writers is Paul, Peter, James, John, and Jude. Yeah. Okay, so Paul we mentioned was a lawyer. Yeah. Peter? He was a fisherman. He was a fisherman. Uh, Jude... Probably a carpenter. Yeah, right. Being a brother of Jesus, you would kind of assume that, you know, carpenter maybe, you know, runs in keep the family. It in the that industry. Kind of, keep, keep it in the industry. Keep it in the family. Yep. So we don't know all of their professions, but we do see a big contrast between 
one set of epistle writers and Paul. Yeah. Even to the point where you have this uh, discussion where Peter is saying things, you know, like Paul's stuff is really hard to understand. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, whenever I read Paul, I can see what Peter's saying. Yeah. Because I can really struggle with like, what is this guy goes so deep. He's a little bit decisive. And uh, it indecisive. I don't find I don't find Paul indecisive. I just find it deep, deep. Yeah, just deep. Like a, like I'm getting my big, words big, confused again. Big legal arguments that he brings forward, and some people absolutely a highly trained academic on that academic brain. Yeah, one of the very few Bible writers who was. Uh, then I go to say John. Yeah, you know John's profession. Let's talk about John's profession for a moment. You know what I would class John's profession as? What was that? What would that be? An apostle. Yep. Full-time apostle. Yeah. So he starts, he, when he starts off, he's probably 19 years old. Yeah. You know, he's a teenager. And by the end of his life, it's kind of all he's ever done. Yeah. But he is really, really simple and straightforward and just says it how it is. To get a bit of an idea of how simple he is, one of my favorite um, books, one of my favorite verses is First John 4 verse 8, which summed up at the end of it, it just said, God is love. Yeah. That's how simple he was. That's that. If, in fact, if you want to find that in the Bible, that's where you find it is in uh, one of John's epistles. He also writes a gospel, and just in case you were thinking that he was a more simple person, he then goes and writes the Book of Revelation. Yeah, <laughs> he's got both ends of the spectrum. In-depth book that there is anywhere in Scripture. It is just amazing. One of my closest followed by Daniel. Yeah, you know, Daniel and Revelation, my two favorite books in the entire Bible. And, you know, this is the revelation or the revealing of Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah, some really amazing stuff there. Then you go to Jude, and Jude is just, man, I think, I think Jude, I think Jude was an African-American. You know what I kind of wish, wish... He wasn't. He, no, but do you but know culturally, what I wish Jude had written, written about? What? As a brother... I've, and I've, I've got many brothers. As as someone that's got brothers, I kind of wish he would have written about what Jesus was like as a kid. Yeah, yeah. It would be a bit amazing. of a biography. Saying, "Oh, Jesus would actually he'd, he'd he'd when he ate his breakfast, when he ate his wheat bix, he crushed them in just the most unimaginable way. He crushed you know them what would so happen? fine. What was that? What? We'd all start copying all the things that we didn't need to copy about Jesus. We have all the things that we do need to copy. Let's um, copy those. Um, but yeah, you know. But getting back to my analogy, he's the African American New Testament writer who is not African American. How so? Because he has this really confrontational style, and it's one of the things I love about African American preachers is they are just not scared. No, to say they've got something on their mind that needs to be said. If it needs to be said, they'll say. They will it, stand yeah. up and they will say it. Now, you know, I'm, I'm generalizing here. I get that I'm generalizing. Yeah. But it is one thing that I do enjoy about that culture. Mm. You know, they call they, they they call sin by its right name, and they're not and they're not afraid to do so. And we need those kind of people within Christianity. You've got, and, and that's Jude. You know, Jude just just walks out, pulls out, you know, two massive six guns and starts blazing away yeah. from like the first line of the first sentence of his book, and just doesn't stop shooting until he's out of ammo at the end. Yeah. Um, and then of course you used to go James. James is you know he's your details guy. He's always going to be your details guy. Always has. Likes nice to paint a picture. Yep, and he puts in all of the details. I think that's what I'd be if I wrote a book. I'd write too many details. 
I would yeah. I would let you know what day it is and and what I was doing that day and why I was doing on that day because of this previous day I did this which all led right. up to what I was doing on this day and as a result of it in the coming days as I did these things. Yes. So it, There's this checklist that you should go through whenever you're going to share a testimony and one of those includes can I share this in Three minutes or less. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the other thing is, I used to train. I used to train my uh, when I, when when I when I work with Bible workers, I train them how to tell, share a testimony, um, because sometimes they're like, well, yeah, well, I was, you know, and they're going out doing Bible work, and I'd share a story. Yeah, I was walking down the street, and as I was walking down the street, I turned into this driveway, uh, walked up this footpath to this house, and knocked on this door, and it's like, okay, guys, just cut the fat. I knocked on a door. No. No, all right. I met a person. I met a person. Just start there. Just start there. Start with those words. I met someone and then tell me the story. Yeah. Because we don't need to know the rest, you know. That is superfluous to uh, the story and then the story ended up taking half an hour and boring everybody to tears. Okay, but what we've got is a tremendous variety of people who write the Bible. Um, it's about evenly split between highly educated yeah. and very... Um, trade oriented educated kind of people so I should say academic and non-academic our team here at Faith FM want to encourage you to share God's love with those around you to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season check on your neighbours especially elderly neighbours as they may be unable to visit the shops or see family due to quarantines a note under the door or a letter in the mailbox works too if you want to maintain your distance Little things like this make a huge difference to someone who might be struggling to get by.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. You're listening to Faith FM Radio. For more information on any of today's broadcasts, call us on 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-324-843. Everybody, that was Nathan Young with Take Me to the Water. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And I have a question of the day that came in from a listener. Before that, though, we had a winner for our quiz. Lucy from Tasmania correctly guessed Amos. 
So well done to Lucy. Now, Congratulations. With, these, uh, with our question of the day, if you have any questions that you would like to ask us or like, like to ask Lyle, by all means, we would love to hear them and uh, just send them in. Either call 1-800-324-843, that's 1-800-FAITH-FM, or send us a text with your question at 0491-064-669. Okay, so really what we're um, looking at today is a question that came through not from a listener to the breakfast show, but a listener to the, the uh, live stream show that I did this Saturday morning. Um, it was called Western Youth Muster. And so we had about 200 youth. It was uh, particularly pitched at youth who were, you know, country youth from out west and so forth, uh, who often sort of, you know, get overlooked in... A Western youth must have produced in the eastern side of this country. Yeah, well, it was done via Zoom, <laughs> like everything is done these yeah. days. Zoom and Facebook is how we do these, yep. these kinds of things. But we were interacting with their audience. One of the questions that came through was a really, really good one. I didn't really have time to answer it on the spot right there. And that question was, and this one will do your head in, who are... The seven heads of Revelation chapter 17. We could start a debate. We could. On this one. So we go to Revelation chapter 17. And by the way, this is an entire Bible study here that we're going to condense down into three minutes. Three minutes. Yes. Now, I know a little bit about this, but I don't think I know enough to do a Bible study on it. Okay. So here's what you've got Revelation chapter 12. You have a great red dragon that has seven heads and ten horns. In Revelation 13, you have a leopard-like beast that has uh, seven heads and ten horns. Revelation chapter 17, you have this same beast again with a woman riding at this time, and it has seven heads and ten horns. Now, the Bible tells us very, very clearly who the the uh, the ten horns are. They're the political leaders at the end of, of the whole world just before Jesus comes back. Yep. So we don't have to uh, ask questions about the ten horns. What we're asking about is, well, who are the seven heads? Now, the way to understand the seven heads is by understanding tents. As in, like, the tents that you live in? The- not, not tents that you live in and not tents that you get in your shoulders when you're stressed out. Tents like as in past, past tense, present tense, future tense. That's right. I remember studying about this in primary school. There you go. Okay, the past so tense, not revelation. Your, 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 for- your primary school education <laughs> is going to be useful for you here this morning. Here so in Revelation chapter 17... Uh, we have this um, the, these seven heads, and the Bible says, you know, um, here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits, and, the, and there are seven kings. Five are fallen, one is. The other has not yet come, and when he comes, he must continue a short space. So the first thing we're going to notice is that these seven heads are seven kings, and that a king in Bible prophecy is synonymous with a kingdom. And so we have seven kingdoms, and within the tense of this prophecy... The present tense, the perspective from which the prophecy is given, five of them have fallen. Right. So we can work our way backwards from there. Now we simply need to find out what is the tense. Where do you find present tense? Our first clue comes in uh, verse 3 where we find the location of the beast. The location of the beast is in the wilderness. wilderness. So this is obviously the time of the deadly wound. So when the beast receives a deadly wound, yep. it's going to equate with that in Revelation chapter 13. Okay, so now we know that that took place in 1798. And so if we work backwards from there and we go five back, yep. um, we have one present and one in the future. 
uh-huh. then that is going to give us you know, what we are working with. The other thing that we need to do is be consistent with the rest of the Bible, and the rest of the Bible is going to give us an ABC of Bible prophecy yeah. in Daniel chapter 2. So uh-huh. all of your Bible, all of Daniel Revelation is based on Daniel 2. Yeah. That's your foundation. It goes Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome. There's four. Yeah. Then it moves into Papal Rome. That's five. Yeah. And then you've got one is, and that's the one that's in the wilderness. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's received a deadly wound. Yeah. And then another one that is to ascend or to arise, one that will arise and is to come, the Bible says. So that's your future tense. Right. So if you work your way down through it, that actually gives you your first uh, your first six. So you've got Babylon, Persia, yeah. Greece, Rome, that's Imperial Rome, Papal Rome, Papal Rome wounded because... Uh, that's the one that is not. It's in the is not stage. It's in the wilderness. Yep. And the one that ascends, obviously the wound is healed. Yep. And so there's your five. There you go. So there's a very short and quick summary of Revelation chapter 17. Please feel free to give us a call and debate with us on that one. We could have so I'm much fun. sure there's fun. much to debate. Oh, there is on the seven heads. You have no idea. There's a whole Saturday <laughs> afternoon's worth of uh, quarantine discussion um, on Revelation chapter 17 and the seven heads. one eight hundred three two four eight four three is our number, but right now we're going to listen to Caroline Cobb. I see a city coming down Like a bride in whitest gown Purely dressed I see the pilgrims coming home All creation finds shalom The promised rest The Lamb of God will be her light The sun will have
That was Carolyn Cobb with Behold, Behold, from Revelation, which is good to be talking about, seeing as we're talking about Revelation chapter 17. Indeed. Indeed. Okay, what are we giving away today? First caller through, prize coming up. So, um, first caller through this morning. Yes. If they call up on 1-800-324-843, they will be receiving a copy of... Draining the Sticks by Sean Boonstra. Oh, yes, very good one. Sean Boonstra's material is always good, and this one is particularly good, Draining the Sticks. Uh, tell us a little bit about the book. All right, so it's, obviously it's by Sean Boonstra, who's a, a wonderful author, and um, it's taking the mystery out of death and hell. It's kind of um, important. Yeah, just it's making important. sure we understand. It's a little bit. We started off today talking about childbirth and going through childbirth without understanding what on earth was going on Indeed. would be really, really scary. Yeah, and so it's important to know what's going on in all of these kinds of circumstances, um, particularly because we can't exactly go and sit down and have a conversation with someone who's been dead and say, "Hey, how did that whole process go?" Yeah. Uh, we also need to understand about the resurrection and when and how we're able to meet with our loved ones because, you know, and people that we know and our friends and our mates. And, of course, with Jesus Christ. So Draining the Sticks, really, really important book that you need to read right now. It will take you through a Bible study that will teach you the truth about what happens when a person dies. We love to encourage people to study the Bible and we also love to encourage them to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and, of course, you will go strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again God be with you till we meet again By His counsel's guide uphold you With His sheep securely fold you God be with you till we meet again
Life FM Radio, bringing you peace, hope and certainty in uncertain times. Well, I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses The voice I hear falling on my ear The Son of God discloses And He walks with me And He talks with me And He tells me I am His own And the joy that we share As we tarry there Nobody else has ever known He speaks and the sound of His voice All the birds hush their singing And the melody that He gave to me Is in my heart Just a ring a ring a ring a ring a ring And He walks with me And He talks with me And he tells me I am his own And the joy that we share As we tarry there Nobody else has ever known Share as we tarry there, none other. Has- 